my name is Abby, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to watch this message from the church. We pray that you are highly blessed and encouraged. We would love to connect with you more at our website at www.thechurchokc.com. We're in this series on liturgy, on the work of the people, and we talked last week about, about all this, you know, about, about how we're supposed to take our talents, we're supposed to take our life, as Romans 12 says, our ordinary walking around life, and present it as an offering to God. And um, in addition to that, I want us to understand tonight that it's just not what we do inside this building. It's just not what we do when we come together in a group where we can see one another that makes us the church and, and that where we have this work of the people that we offer up to God. You know, it's this daily life of, of, of as we've talked before, of, of walking with God. This is all part, part of liturgy. And, and, and as I was kind of studying this and kind of going through this, you know, some things that... that, that really stuck out to me is, is this. And, and, and for those of you that don't know how the Bible was put together, you know, what, what we read in the New Testament, you know, a lot of that wasn't written until after Jesus had died. And, and there was this process where they came together and, and some Christians had like this group of books that they were reading, this group of letters, and some Christians had this group of letters. And so all the religious teachers and leaders got together and they said, okay, we need to make sure that we're all kind of on the same page. And we need to figure out, you know, what we're going to say is, is worth teaching from. And so they got together and they came up with the canon. Okay, C-A-N-O-N, the canon of the Bible. And it was basically, the canon means a measuring stick. And so they had certain rules that all the books of the New Testament had to, had to fit in order to be placed as part of the Bible. And, and you know, it's, it, this is something that we look, and, and when we talk about being a Christian, we're all familiar with the Bible, right? I mean, yeah, we know what the Bible is. We're like, yes, that's been around forever. But before we even had the canon, canonized Bible like we do today, the early Christians, they had personal liturgy. And this is something that wasn't developed with the church. This is something that goes all the way back to the Old Testament. And these are some of the same practices that Jesus and the disciples and those that have went before him practice. They would pray daily. They would pray seven times a day. They would pray when they got up in the morning. They would pray at lunch. They would pray in the evening. They would pray before they went to bed. And they would pray sometime again throughout the day. And all the Christians and all the followers of Christ, they continued this practice. And, and even us, as we, as we grow, you know, this is, this is where our daily devotional life and all of this comes from, is the fact that we understand that if we're going to have a relationship with God, we have to communicate with Him. We have to fellowship with Him. We have to talk with Him. And this is something that has been going on for thousands of years. And, and it all comes back to this walking with God. It all comes back to this relationship with God. And, and you know, one of the things that there used to be songs and there, there used to be this, this theme and some, some of this language that you'd hear in the church talking about the secret place. You know, trying to find this secret place with God, this quiet place away from everybody else where you can really dig in and get into the presence of God. And, and, and what I've learned is that the secret place is not a destination. It's only the catalyst. It is designed of God to establish us 
and an intimate friendship with Him that is walked out through the course of our everyday lives. You see, the goal we're after is an everyday walk of unbroken communion or fellowship or community with our Lord and friend. And, and we see this in the Bible numerous places. <coughs> Excuse me. I, mean, I want to put this passage up here on the screen. Of course, if you'll go ahead and throw this up. This is found in John. And it starts in verse 8, and this is Jesus talking, and he says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And look at verse 15 here. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. And this is Jesus talking to the disciples and... and and what he's telling them is this, is look, all the stuff that you've walked with me and you've talked with me and all these things that you've seen me do and all these teachings that you've heard me and all the things that I've taught you and showed you, do this. Because when you do this, you prove to people that you know me. You prove to people that you're in a relationship with me. You prove to people that you have communion and community with me. We can go back to the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 5 and starting in verse 22 and it says after the birth of Methuselah Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years and he had other sons and daughters now listen to this Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God then one day he disappeared because God took him In the Amplified Translation, that verse says, And Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God. And he was not, for God took him. And then we can look in Genesis, the next chapter over, it talks about Noah. It says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Doesn't say he knew God. Doesn't say he preached about God or he talked about God. Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God. And I love in both of those how the Amplified says, in habitual fellowship with God. And this is what God is calling for us today. This hasn't changed. What Jesus and what, what, what our faith requires of, of the first Christians and of the early church and, and what God was wanting from Enoch and from Noah and from, from all those throughout who called upon his name is the same thing he wants for us. For us to habitually have fellowship with him. For us to walk with him. Not know him. Not, not just know him. But to walk with him. To let the world and the people out there see that we have communion with Christ. 
to see that we have fellowship with Christ. To see that the words that come out of our mouth match the actions that are done by our hands. This is communion. This is fellowship. This is what God is wanting from us. And, and, and we do this by those daily habits. And this is why we talked about, about the prayers and about the praying seven times. You know, in the church, that's, ref, that's referred to as the liturgy of hours. The liturgy of hours. That's the praying in the morning and praying at noon and praying in the evening and praying before you go to bed every day. And what's amazing about it to me, and this is, this is what's been hard for me, and this may be hard for some of you because, like I said, when we first started going down this path, you know, Abby's like, man, I don't want us to be like a Catholic church. And, and my mom is like, when I, we're telling her some of the stuff we're doing, she goes, I mean, she just gets this look at her face like, Brian, what are you smoking? You know? You know? And, and I have to admit, there's been times, you know, there's been times as I've been going through this that I've had to stop. And you guys have to forgive me for doing this. We're missing a piece of this, so the thing's flying all over the place, okay? So we'll know that I'm preaching really good if at some point during the message this just flies off. And uh, it's just dangling behind me as I'm kicking my foot and, and, and veins are popping out because the anointing is so strong. So that's what we're going to look for tonight. That's going to be the catalyst. Oh, was the message good? Yes. How do you know? Because his microphone flew off and he kept preaching. Preaching. So, um, so that's what we're going for. But, um, but, but, but as 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 I'm going through this, and and you know me being kind of growing up Pentecostal and assemblies of God, you know I look at some of this this you know corporate prayer where where we're not it's not just spontaneous and we have words up on the screen and we're reading these words and 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 it's all written beforehand. It, it's just like, are are we kind of keeping the spirit from moving? You know, what I mean, that was that was my that was like my prayer. Is you know, that was my my issue with this whole thing. Is is man, I grew up to where you just open your mouth, man, and you just let the Holy Spirit just start praying, and and you know, who knows what may come out. And I've been to some Pentecostal services, and you don't know what's going to come out when somebody starts, you know, praying or giving a message in tongues or interpretation or any of that kind of stuff. And this is what I grew up with, and this is what I'm comfortable with, and, and, and I feel like God is leading us in this, this stuff with some of these corporate prayers and some of this more traditional stuff, and I'm like, that seems dead. And this is just me being honest. I mean, that just seems dead. And when I hear the word liturgy, you know, I have to admit, like Abby, I, was, I think Catholic churches and I think mass and I think the robes and all that kind of stuff and the kneeling and the standing and the kneeling and the standing and all of that. And, and this is what comes in my mind. But as I'm, as I'm wrestling through this, I'm finding something so much different than what I thought. And I'm hoping that we can understand that there's something a little deeper there than just what we think. Because this isn't stuff that just comes back. This isn't Catholic stuff. This is God stuff. And, 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 and there's something refreshing about the fact that when I get up in the morning and I pray, I don't have to pray for two hours in the morning to be a good Christian. I, I, don't, I don't have to get into a closet and shut myself in for four hours, you know, begging on my knees and like crying tears for God to hear my prayers. God hears my prayers not when I have a conversation with Him, but when I walk with Him. 
What God desires from us is not two hours in the middle in the morning. It's not reading a little scripture right when we wake up before we start our day. This is not what God is asking us to do. What God is asking us to do is to habitually walk with Him. Not just meet Him for coffee in the morning and then go about our day. But to walk with Him. And there's something about like this liturgy of the, of the hours. And I know I'm hitting on that. But, but this really speaks to me tonight. There's something about this. About waking up and saying, okay, I'm going to spend a little time with God here. And then I'm going to go. But I'm not going to get through my day before I come back and I meet with Him again. And I'm going to go a little bit further in my day. But I'm going to come back and make sure I'm still kind of on track with, where, with this relationship with God. And then I'm going to, before I, before I sit down for dinner, I'm going to meet with him again. And before I go to bed, I'm going to meet with him again. I'm going to keep checking in to make sure that throughout the day, I haven't gotten too far away of where I need to be. And this was something that, that we see all throughout the Bible. And this, even this praying, uh, this praying seven times a day, this has kind of been the standard number since two or three hundred years after Acts chapter 2. I mean, this is how far back we're going. This praying seven times a day precedes that because we find it in Psalms that David himself said, I'm going to meet you seven times a day. I'm going to cry out to you seven times a day. So we see the history in this. And, and I want us to understand the history in this just a little bit. And it's not just the liturgy, the hours. It's, it's, it's the, the, the communion. It's meeting at the table. It's coming together. It's taking all of our talents and all of our life and, and just offering everything up to God because we're in a relationship with Him. When I'm in a relationship with my wife, the talents that I have I offer to her freely whenever she needs them. You know, my computer skills and you know, my, my great vocal singing ability. <laughs> Can't believe you guys laughed at that. Um, <laughs> I forgive you. And I will continue to forgive you. Um, no, but, but this... Whatever I have, I freely give to her because I have a fellowship with her. I have a relationship with her. I have communion with her. This is what it means to walk with God. And this is where some of the liturgy can come into practice in our life. And look, I'm not saying that well, you've got to participate in the liturgy of the hours. I'm using that as an example. What I'm saying is that we meet with God. When we wake up, we meet with God. And we talk with God throughout the day. And we continue to come back to God. If we have to reread Psalms throughout the day, we sing songs to Him throughout the day. We come back with Him. Why? Because we don't ever want to get too far away from Him. We want everything that we have to be so enveloped in this relationship with Him that people see us. That people see us and know and they've met with God today. They're walking with God. I mean, you, we look at Enoch. It says, And Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God, and he was not, for God took him home with him. Walking in close fellowship with God, then one day he disappeared because God took him. Enoch walked with God. He talked with God. He had a fellowship with God. And God saw it right to take him. You know, 
his account says that twice before he was taken up, Enoch walked with God. And I love the story of the little girl who was telling her mother the story of Enoch. You know, she was probably five, six years old, and she had learned the story in, in, in Sunday school, and so she's telling her mom the story. This is what I learned today, and let me tell you about Enoch. And, and Enoch used to take long walks with God. And one day he walked so far with God that God said, it's too far to go back. Come on home with me. And this is what happened to Enoch. May that be our story. This is what God desires, is that we walk so far with God that we've walked too far to go back. And maybe it's a sin, maybe it's, it's a struggle, maybe it's another relationship. Whatever it may be, our purpose on this earth is to walk with God. To walk habitually with Him. To walk so far and so long with Him that we've gone too far to turn back. And this, we know that this is what God desires because God sent His Son Christ. And Christ is the living example of a relationship that God wants to have with us. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, this is, this is the Christmas story. And it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, this is the story. This is the world that we live in. Is that, you know, the, 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 the Genesis chapter 1 is God's perfect plan. You know, we're walking. And the Bible tells us in Genesis that, that, that God would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He had fellowship with them. And then sin separated us from God. So we were no longer, God was no longer with us. We were no longer with God because of sin. So God sends his son and they give him the name Emmanuel which means God with us because this was God restoring our relationship. This was God bringing himself back to us. Behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. St. Ignatius says few souls understand what God would accomplish in them if they were to abandon themselves unreservedly to Him and if they were to allow His grace to mold them accordingly. Few souls understand what God would accomplish in them if they were to abandon themselves unreservedly to Him, if they were to allow His grace to mold them accordingly. There's something that I want you guys to, to understand and wrap, wrap your minds around tonight. And this is not even a biblical thing. This is a scientific thing. And it's a scientific law known as the law of integrate. And what the law of integrate means is the more time you spend with someone or something the more you become like that person or like that thing, okay? So, if you're from New York City and you've gone to Harvard or Princeton or one of them upper schools and you speak very proper and you go and you work on a cattle farm in western Oklahoma for three or four months, by the time those three or four months are over, you will be adding y'all to your vocabulary, okay? All right? 
you're going to be trading in your penny loafers for some good cowboy boots. I mean, because the more time you spend with something, the more time you spend with something, the more you're going to be like that person, the more you're going to be like that thing. And, and let me just say this on the side. That's why it's so important for you to judge very carefully who you associate yourself with. And I heard one very wise person says that, that if you want your life to change, what you do is you seek out people that have the qualities that you want and you hang out with them. Because if you hang out with them, you're going to become like them. You're going to learn what makes them that way. You're going to learn why they're successful in that. And so I say that to say this. What St. Ignatius said, few souls understand what God would accomplish in them if they were to abandon themselves unreservedly to him and if they were to allow his grace to mold them accordingly. The, God's, the way God's grace molds us is by us spending time in his grace. By spending time in his presence. By spending time in his mercy. And, and some of you are, are here tonight and you're saying, you know, I'm struggling with this sin. Or I'm struggling with this addiction. Or I'm struggling with this relationship. Or whatever it may be. And, and you know, I go to church and, and I try to be the good person. And I try to do the things that I'm supposed to do. But it just doesn't seem like I get any victory over it. And I want to challenge you and ask you tonight, do you know God or are you walking with God because I think a lot of times we think okay well if I just pray when I wake up or if I say Lord bless my food before I eat and if I go to church and if I open up my Bible once a week or something then then I'm doing pretty good and God ought to move in my life but the fact of the matter is is that if we want to get over that stuff and if we want God to really deal with us in those manners then what we have to do is we have to abandon ourselves unreservedly to Him. We have to allow His grace to mold us. And the only way that happens is by spending time with Him, by walking with Him. Mother Teresa said to keep a lamp burning, we have to keep putting oil in it. Which means that if we want God to keep doing stuff in our lives, we have to keep ourselves in a relationship with Him. We have to keep coming back to Him and saying, Okay, God... You know, I, I, I've just, I don't know about you, but I, I can't wait till the end of the day to talk with God because I work with people, okay? People drive me up the wall, okay? All right, am I preaching to anybody in this place, all right? I can't just say, God, help me get through the day and then at the end of the day, say, God, thank you for helping me not kill anybody. Okay? Sometimes I've got to stop, you know, at 1030. And there's been times I've been at the office. And I just go outside and sit in my car for a few minutes. You know, and have a little me time with God. You know, and let God know, God, boy, you better deal with that person. Because if you don't, I will. All right? How many of you had that conversation with God? Yeah? So I've got to keep coming back to God because I can't go throughout the rest of the day. I've got to come back and say, God, I don't want to just meet up with you once or twice throughout the day. I want to continue to check back in with you because I need that grace to mold me a little more. And sometimes there's some days when that grace can get me three or four hours. But there's some days that grace can't even get me out the door of the house before I have to come back and get a little more. Say, mold me a little more, God. And this is what it means to walk with him. St. Vincent said, not the goods of the world, but God. Not riches, 
but God. Not honors, but God. Not distinction, but God. Not dignities, but God. Not advancement, but God. God always and in everything. See, because this is what we understand. What we understand is this, is that if we want God to do something in our life, if we want God to answer our prayers, we don't seek an answer to our prayers, we seek God. If we want God to heal us, we don't seek healing, we seek God. See, everything that we need is not found in coming to God and saying, give me, give me, give me. It's found in God. Because when we go to God and say, God, give me, give me, give me, what he offers us is him. And, and, and get that. Because when we go to God and we ask for healing, he offers us himself. Because the Bible tells us that it was by his stripes we were healed. So he offers himself to us to get healing. So everything is found in him. Every answer, every healing, every miracle, everything that we want, everything that we desire is found in him. So we seek him. So we walk with him. So we have fellowship with him. So we never get too far away because we know where our help comes from. Psalms 121, David writes, So I look to the mountains from where my help comes. Does my help come from the mountains? No. My hope comes from the Lord. This is why we walk with Him. This is why we pray. This is why we meet with Him. This is why we cry out to Him. This is why we take everything that we have, everything that we are, and we offer it up to Him. Because embracing what God does for us through our life, through our talents, through what we have to offer is the best way that we can respond to him. This is what liturgy is. This is what the work of the people is. The work of the people is a relationship, is a walking relationship with God. Now understand that doesn't mean that you're not going to fail. That doesn't mean that you're not going to fall. You know, Matthew chapter 6 tells us, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's not a prosperity gospel. Okay? It's not saying that if you pray for a Range Rover, God will give you a Range Rover. It's saying that you find yourself in God and He'll give you everything that you need. That He takes care of you. If He takes care of the birds, He's going to take care of you. This is what a relationship is. Because I understand that I can offer everything I have and everything I am to God. This is my act of service. This is my act of worship. You know, as I said, all my talents are available to Abby because I'm in a relationship with Abby. And all of her talents, she gives the best back rubs. Okay? I mean, she has other talents. But one of her talents is she gives really killer back rubs. And if I want a back rub, she gives me a back rub. Okay? Because she loves me. She's in a relationship with me. And so I'm in a relationship with God, so I offer my talents to God. My witty sense of humor to God. Okay, so you can laugh at that one. All right. Some of you are like, no, I've heard your jokes. But at the same time, and get this, all of God's talents and all of God's resources are available to me 
because I walk with him. Do you understand that? So this is why liturgy is so beautiful. And this is why I'm finding that where I thought it was dead religion stuff, it's so full of life because I'm, I'm understanding something that the early Christians understood. I'm understanding that Jesus understood why he walked this earth is that you never get too far away from God throughout the day. You never, you don't just put it aside and say, okay, I'll meet up with you later. No, it's like, Jesus, you stay right here because I'm probably going to need to come find you in about 30 minutes. Okay, all these issues that I'm having, all these temptations, all this sin, I need you to deal with me a little bit later on. And so so we're, we're, going to, we're going to walk this out together, God. Is this making sense? Now, I want you to understand something here. Because this is... This is where a lot of people, and, and, and look, it's probably the church's fault in a sense, but this is where a lot of people fall away from Christ. Is, is we listen to preachers on TV and, and when we go to these churches where they say that, you know, once you come and you get saved, man, your life is going to be great. All those problems and all those issues and all those temptations and all that stuff you're dealing with, man, you get God in you, it's just going to go away and you're, you know, you're going to be driving a Cadillac in three years, you know, or, or whatever it may be. And then what happens is we go through a rough patch in our life and we cry out to God and we say, God, I need this answer. I need you to do this. And I, I heard from all these preachers that, that if I pray that you're going to do this, and so we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and it doesn't happen. But God, I'm, I'm praying, and I'm asking, and, and if I ask, you're going to give it to me, and, and you know, if I knock, the door's going to be open, and all that kind of stuff. Why, why isn't it, it happening? The, the reason is this. Is because we're seeking the answer, we're not seeking Him. Okay, and this is, this is very important for us to understand. And I've got a friend back in Florida, and a, a good friend of mine, and his dad is, uh, man, very sick and having some issues, and, and he thought he was going to lose him uh, just a few weeks ago. And so I'm talking with him on the phone, and he's like, I just believe God's going to heal him. And I just interrupted him. I said, well, what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? And there's just silence on the other end of his phone. I'm like, are you going to love God any less? If he doesn't answer, if he doesn't heal your dad? If your dad ends up dying and gets, I'll use a little Christian term, if he gets his healing that way. So let me ask you this. Because this is, to me, this is how we tell what, what the temperature is in our relationship with God. That thing that you're crying out to God for, that you really need an answer for, that you're believing for, what if He doesn't answer that? Does it make Him any less God? Does it make Him any less worthy? You see, this is, this is what we don't understand. And we hear, we hear the verses in the scriptures that say, you know, that God will give us the desires of our heart. And some of you are like, well, I'm really desiring a husband or I'm really desiring a wife. But that's not what that scripture is saying. It's saying that God's going to change your desires. 
And this is what God is, this is what a relationship, this is what this liturgy does, is it takes us from, from going, okay, I'm in a relationship to get what I can get from God, to I'm in a relationship to get God. I, I'm in a relationship just to be in Him and be found in Him. Because the fact of the matter is, is when I walk with God, I'm led by Him. Like Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He shepherds me. He shows me where to go and He shows me what I need and, 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 and how to, to make it through life. And Evan, come up here and, and I'm going to be closing here in just a minute. Come up here for a second. Man. And this is over here. You ready to get Pentecostal? I've got a box of snakes right here. We're going to dance. Yeah. Okay, now, um, <laughs> boy, one day I should just bring snakes just to freak everybody out. I wouldn't touch them. All right? But, you know, I'd throw the box on somebody. Um, you know, this, this, is, this is what a relationship, this is what a relationship is normally like with God. Is, is, is we're like, okay, God, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm walking and I know you and I see you and we walk and, and, and you're walking and you're walking and then there's this big gigantic ditch and you just fall flat on your face. You don't have to fall flat on your face but just pretend like you fell flat, flat on your face. Ah, man. How are you not in Hollywood? Um, but this is not what God desires, okay? This is, this is what God desires is that we're walking we're walking and, and we come across a hole and instead of walking through that hole or walking in that hole, God says, hey, Evan, there's a big massive hole there. Thank you. Don't step in it. And he says, let's go this way instead. And so we walk around the hole. And, and this is what a relationship with God, this is what this fellowship and this walking with God is supposed to be like. It's not supposed to be, God, this is the direction I'm going and this is what I want and if you want to walk with me, you follow me this way. Because what God does is God says, Brian, there's a big hole there. I'm not going to step in that. Now you go ahead and you do it if you want to and I'm going to be right here whenever you realize that you just fell in this big stinking hole. And look, it may be a sin, it may be a temptation, it may be a relationship, it may be a person... Amen? But the fact of the matter is, is that when we walk with God, the reason we come back with God is that we don't get four hours into letting our anger build up to where we just explode on somebody. When we feel that start rising, we just take a minute and we go over and we say, okay, God, look, I really need you to help me with this because I'm, I'm about to blow we let God kind of recenter us and say, okay, look, that's a big hole that you're about to step into. Don't. Just kind of walk around it. Move around it. Follow me. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to act. This is how you need to respond. And things tend to work out so much better. And I don't have this scripture up, but if the band would go ahead and come on up. Um, this is a scripture that we read last week. And it's found in Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read it out of the message translation just because I liked how it put it. Give me one second here. Okay. 
So this is Paul talking. And this is, this is what we're talking about in this relationship, in this fellowship, in this habitual fellowship with God. This is what Paul tells us. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. This is what a relationship with God is supposed to be. Is that all throughout the day? Not just on Saturdays when we're at church. Not just in the morning when you get up and you say your prayer. Not just in the 10 seconds you give God before you take your bite of your dinner. You take your entire life and you say, God, it's yours. I'm going to offer it to you throughout the day. I'm not just going to offer my life in a big grand sense. I'm going to offer my day to you. And I'm not just going to offer my day. I'm going to offer my morning time to you. I'm going to offer my lunch time to you. I'm going to offer my afternoon to you. And so we come back to God and we say, God, just take it again. Just take it again because I need you. And look, sometimes God is going to answer us in the way that we want him to. But sometimes he's not. But he cares about us. And he knows what we need. My kid wants ice cream at 11 o'clock at night. Do you think I'm going to give him ice cream at 11 o'clock at night? No, because I value my sleep. And I know that ice cream at 11 o'clock is not good for a seven-year-old. But that's what he wants. And sometimes I still have to say no. And God knows what we want. But sometimes God has to say no because he's trying to make us more like him. And he's trying to bring out the best in us develop maturity in us so that's why we go throughout our day and we offer it up and we say God just take it and we come back a little bit later we say God take it again and we come back a little later we say God take it again and we take more of him he takes us and we take him and then what happens and this is the best part about it is day after day day eventually we've walked so far with God that there's no going back there's just no going back C.S. Lewis said this he said I didn't choose Christ to see God or to see the world but it's because of Christ let me say this again <laughs> I didn't choose Christ out of the world, but I choose Christ because by Christ, I see the world. See, when we get Christ in us and when we have this relationship, it's through that relationship that we begin to see the world for what it is. So it doesn't matter how bad you've messed up. It doesn't matter if you've fallen in a hole and you're still trying to struggle to get yourself out of it. His arms are everlasting. Doesn't matter how deep the hole is, His arms can find you. 